Good day, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another season of Canada Talk. I'm your Smolene, and as co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Well, welcome back to our new season. I think, you know, for me as a fan personally, I kind of detoxed after the, the new season, you know, hardly following any rumours, you know, after the season was done, just kind of took my own mental break, watched the Euros, and, you know, only slowly started faltering in because a lot of the time I, I, I used to get myself so hyped up on the rumours and this and all that. So, you know, I just had to take a back foot, especially after the season we had. So it was, you know, going a bit, withdrawing myself a bit from everything. Yeah, I mean, it was like, as you said, now, nice distraction. You could not just totally focus on watching the Euros, watch some fantastic football that was taking place there. Um, I think at the, when it came to the latter parts, you know, when you had that little breaks in between as you get to the final... I think in your, your mind or your heart kind of starts drifting to, you know, when is the Premier League season and it's going to start and that. Um, as I said, we got like a, quite a, a packed show today. Um, firstly, I'll just also welcome a couple of players now to Arsenal also with Bruno Tavares, the left-back coming in, probably going to be as a backup for Kieran Tierney. I mean, some of my friends have been mentioning like, um, what's the reason of signing somebody? Because look, he's on the verge of also breaking into the Portuguese national team. And I just think, though, like, with, with regards to, to Tavares, he's going to come in as a bonus because, look, you know Kieran Tierney has his style of play. He always ends up not... Because uh, I don't think he actually, even for Celtic, plays a full campaign usually because he normally does get injured. He, I mean, look, we all know he's like a balls of the wall type of guy. He goes in, you know, all guts and glory. And, and I think that also sometimes take a pounding on his body and that's why he sometimes misses, you know, the small chunks of the season. So... You know, great addition having him there. And then also, uh, Sambi Lakonga from Anderlecht, he joins the club, uh, you know, box-to-box midfielder, almost like or what you would also know him as the old-school number six. So, I mean, also another great addition, quite young. I mean, everybody's talking about him as somebody for the future, but I think he could also be an impact in, like, you know, with the course of the season with players also still returning from, from the, you know, the, the tournaments or those that are about to be sold on as well. I think that that left-back signing, you know, it kind of maybe also adds a new dimension to the team in terms of you can use him as a left wing-back maybe if Kieran yeah. Tierney wants to play in a back three, you know, he, he, I mean, if we do um, play Gabriel, you can play um, Tierney as well. I think Tierney will, can show up the back line, adds a bit of pace, and then you you can get the relationship between uh, is it Tavares, Tavares, um, um, yeah, you, you you kind of can have that threat maybe on, on two natural players who can interchange, mm-hmm. they can defend, they can do this. So, you know, it, it, it could work on sometimes those tough away days, you know, where you try to eat teams on the counter-attack, should we go that way? And I think um, that, that uh, box-to-box midfield, I think maybe it can allow to party, you know, some sort of partnership or as well as... as to rotate in some games because you know our party and TNE ironically have both been injured for chunks or parts of a season. I mean, what was actually enjoyable to watch from the games I have watched with uh, Bruno Tavares, or sorry, why did people say Bruno? Nuno Tavares. Um, he's somebody that likes, you know, with TNE does that thing on the overlap, or he, he you know, he, he angles himself wide so that he can get, you know, around and into the box or to whoop across. Tavares is somebody, if he does not see that outlet is there for him outside, he starts just darting in like a winger, where he also start 
running at goal or as a wing back, where he just starts bombarding the inside of of, of that central defense of the opponent. So it's actually a joy to watch. Um, then in other news, also uh, with that, also I just want to bring back the the, the pending signings of uh, Ben White because I mean I think he already underwent his medical yesterday. I mean for me it's gonna be a solid addition for Arsenal at centre back. Uh, I think uh, many people were first wondering, like, you know, what would he bring or whatever to the Arsenal squad? And those that have now watched him, like whether he was at Leeds or at Brighton, he is actually a natural ball playing centre back, and I think we do really lack that because. You know, when you see, <clears throat> I think the closest we've got actually to a natural ball playing uh, centre back is something like Pablo Marie. Because, I mean, when you look at, at, at um, say, Gabriel, he looks like very panicky. You know, we, you and I spoke about it a lot the past season. You know, when he gets on the ball, he does get rattled quickly, especially if we're uh, chasing a game. Then he does almost like this panic type things like back passes or under back passes. And I think Rob Holding, the biggest gripe that I think myself had, I mean, I don't know how you were with regards to Rob Holding, but. My thing was just always we he constantly would get out jumper shorter players yeah. where he ju- misjudges the ball in flight when you actually you expect more from somebody that's that tall that's actually gonna more attack the ball instead of just standing and waiting and watching. But, so but um, it was what, actually a critical error of his against Villarreal. He also kind of mistimed the jump before Party lost his man and they made it um, 2-0 at that point. I mean, you know, you, you cut out that time you jump better and you possibly could win the Europa League final. So, I mean, semi-final and then win the final. So, small margins that that, that add up if you look at that, especially with Arsenal season, the grand scheme of things. So, it's kind of good you showed up that that back line to an extent. And and I think, you know, I think we can go into the season with four solid defence centre-backs. If we get Ben White, you have a fit in Callum Chambers if they decide to keep him. But you can also play on the right back and as a central defensive midfielder. So, you know, with, with you, with with that being said, I think players should be able to fight for positions now and take ownership. Yeah, and I think also one thing I forgot to add, like, look, just before the Olympics started, um, Gabriel was supposed to be part of that Olympics squad, but then he ended up getting injured in training. I think about 14 days out from when the Olympics were going to start. So, I mean, that's already somebody that, there's a big question mark on his fitness coming into the new season, which starts in about two weeks when we open up the Premier League with our away game to Brentford. Um, that being said, I just think to myself, I mean, from what I heard now also yesterday, uh, Gabriel is now back in training. So, I mean, that is a positive sign because now it's not just to, for him to start getting to, you know, prepared for the league season and kind of put the international thing on the sideline right now or on ice. What what's not a worrying thing, but it uh, just shows how Arsenal kind of have slightly dropped in in qualities that you know not a lot of our players were were featured in in the Euros. So you know you you, you got to wonder is it time for Arsenal to step up more quality in the team, or is it going to be an advantage of a of a team that's going to come into the season you know with their fresh signings and not having a lot of their players playing because Arsenal, I think, have one of the most advantages over a lot of the so-called top six teams that ended in the top six because we've had the opportunity to have a full preseason. Arteta is able to have a full preseason. So, you know, you're going to have to... I think this is where Arteta, will, as I say, is going to have to earn his corners as manager and the verdict will be out there now. There's no way to hide anymore. There's no second chances, I think. So, yeah. 
you can also now see the, the sort of layout that he, his blueprint now has. I mean, it's much more clearer than, say, last season. Because I almost like yet to now make do with whatever we had and, and almost like limp our way now to the to the next season. But now at least you can see, like, if you look at the ages of, you know, Tavares, who's like, you know, early 20s, you look at uh, Kieran Tierney now, also early 20s, then you've got uh, Ben White, 23, or turning 24. Um, you've got also that Lokonga, who's, uh, you know, late teens. Um, who else is this still? Uh, you know, Smith Rowe now signed the new yeah. contract. Wearing number 10 now for uh, Smith Rowe. And then, of course, Saka, as you said, um, everybody almost like kind of with all the signings and extensions and everybody also now for, forgetting about uh, Martinelli that must still come back from the Olympics as well. Um, who else was there still? And I mean, you're actually starting to see a sort of group or unit now forming slowly but surely. I mean, it's, it's kind of slow still, but I mean, you do see that at night you have almost like a situation where, say, somebody like Thomas Party will have to now start stepping up because if you're in the event of Granit Xhaka now leaving, it's going to come down to somebody like him that takes that, that seniority role in that midfield. Same way with, you know, you have, you know, up front, you have, um, you know, even like Pepe is on to step up way more. And as I'm going to start getting to the, the pre-season fixtures that we've had so far, I mean, he, he I mean, like Pepe Smith Rowe and even Lacazette of all people have had a fantastic pre-season so far. Even though, I mean, uh, the East talk of, uh, you know, a price tag now put on Lacazette now if in the event of, uh, uh, you know, a, a suitor coming in for him. So, I mean, uh, 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 kind of, well, I mean, of course, early days, but it's, it's looking a bit brightly for us. Uh, I think, you know, my biggest concern, and you probably touched into it because I haven't, you know, uh, delved too deep into the pre-season friendlies this season, but I, I just think that there's that something missing, and I don't know if it's, if it's a goal-scoring midfielder or if it's... A, a, I think it's maybe a goal-scoring midfielder and possibly uh, a proper centre forward, a proper number nine. And you saw in the in the Euros our quality number nine. Okay, Italy didn't have a quality number nine, but how they can make a difference for you. And I, and I just don't think at the moment we have our, our attack strikes fear in the opposition. If you look at the likes of maybe it's, it's overhyped signings, but you look at you know the, the the signings United made, you know it's kind of boosting that squad morale. And I think I don't know if Arsenal's kind of like you said, there's a blueprint behind it that they, it's kind of a one year, two year plan in in, in mind. But I mean, we 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 I, I kind of expected a bit more, and especially in the striking department, because if they want to sell Lacazette, like I, I mean, do you think Martinelli can do the number nine job if a Bamiang has a off of three games because who are we going to look to to get the goals? I mean, I thought you would at least get the proper guy to maybe start, you know, as a Bamiyang's ushering to the end of his Arsenal time or his contract. You know, you kind of have that guy that's waiting in the wings that, you know, can let the Bamiyang even play left at at times. And then this guy Spear is the attack. I just don't think we have that powerful striker at the moment. Yeah. So I don't know that touch on the few pre-season games that we have had. Um, we started out against Hibs. That was about uh, middle of July. Yeah. Uh, it was a 2-1 defeat. I mean, it, I mean, you could really see you know, kind of the gulf of a team that were going into this friendly, like, you know, prepared and some, like a team that's coming into the game with about a two full day, you know, per training session behind them. So, Arsenal end up, you know, falling really short. I, th- I think they did have a, a little burst at the end. 
you know, a Gawati Burnian. Um, I mean, Pepe managed to get a penalty for us and score. But other than that, there was nothing really much to uh, write home about. Because I think I mentioned to you also, it was very, like, underwhelming when you watched. Yeah. Chances were there, of course, but we just did not have the, the firepower to finish, even though we had most of the seniors up front uh, for us. Um, then the following game was against Rangers. Uh, we drew that one 2-2. Uh, Nuno Tavares bags his first goal there, and Ketia, you know, man, just to, <laughs> uh, you know, get us out of the mire with a, a late, late equaliser. I mean, it was a fantastic strike. Also, he gets the ball on the edge of the box, cuts inside, and just smashes the ball with a left foot past the keeper. Um, then, of course, the, with that, there was some coaching staff of Arsenal that they had, like, uh, you know, almost like a COVID scare. That, that already, just had that minor thing happened, but it also kind of scuppered our US tour plan, so that whole thing was cancelled. Um, I think only Everton went over to the, to play there. Um, but uh, two impromptu fixtures were organised by the club. Um, one was against Mowal. Uh We won that one 4-1 with the goals coming from Callum Chambers, Pepe, Lacazette and Balogun. And then yesterday, Arsenal again had another game at London Colney uh, against Watford. Again, we beat one that game 4-1. Goals again, they're coming from Ketia, Lacazette, Tierney, and uh, Miguel Aziz. So, you know, with, with regards to also back to team matters again, um, look, there's going to be also many uh, exits because, look, Arsenal also have to raise funds to buy. I mean, so far, it looks quite good. Even that, that structure, I don't know if you saw the payment structure for Ben White. Uh, I, I find it very clever about Arsenal. We, we paid them like 30, uh, Brighton 30 million up front and then 10 million over to... Uh, 10 million next season, and the season after that, another 10 million to make up that 50. Um, yeah, very smart. I think, I think it's about time we start doing things like that because I think we've been shortchanged. You know, Barcelona, they did that with was it Henri or Fabregas, where they just, where yeah. Arsenal's been shafted like that all the time, and we normally pay full price for players, so it's a good. But good, you know, uh, this, uh, the structure I think is now with that, that Richard Garlic, who's coming from the Premier League, he's not taken over contractual matters at the club. And I think it's almost like a kind of sign that, a sign of times, actually, where the structure, because normally I think the payment structure would have been way, way, you know, almost like against us or against yeah. us, you know, not in our favour, really. But, I mean, when you see this, the amount of expenditure happening now and there's still talk of another two to three signings still to come in, because, look, we definitely do need a, a number two keeper. I mean, of course, that's still up in the air because... Uh, look, Onana is still, you know, floating around with name-wise. And then also Ramsdale of Sheffield United. And then uh, I think also Neto of Barcelona. So, you know, we still, I think we still keep, like, keep our eyes open for a decent number two. But I think with Ramsdale, you can work still there, you know, having him as a number two because uh, he's only about, what, 23 now. So, I mean, it was like a game in that, that category that Arteta really wants, age-wise. Because, I mean, there was now also a rumour that, not actually a rumour, it's actually getting more concrete now where Runasan is going to spend the season in Turkey for one of the, the teams there. Um, I think it probably maybe could be a decent confidence booster for him because, I mean, look, after that season he had last year, yeah. or that season, it, I mean, for me, it really dented everything that he had, you know, you know joining us from a, a small French club. Um, other possible exits... Uh, I don't know if you saw also the whole thing with Granda Chaka. It sounds kind of stalling because I find this really... I mean, I don't know if it's Mourinho that's part of this whole thing. But it's almost like now, after a fantastic tournament that Chaka had, I mean, he was also part of the 
uh, you know, team of the tournament there yeah. for, for the Euros. And now all of a sudden, uh, Roma, for some reason, want to start backtracking on the fee that they have already agreed upon before the tournament started. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that Arsenal also dig the eels in because, you know, it's almost like they're willing to now agree wages and that with Xhaka, but now almost like with us, they want to now kind of under, you know, almost like shortchange us a bit. But, I mean, I just hold, we, I hope we hold our own. And, and if they don't give up the offer, we can still sell him elsewhere. And then also, <clears throat> I think um, Newcastle United, they're also very interested in uh, bringing Wallach back. But, I mean, I think Arsenal are actually more interested in getting off the wage bill completely. And, you know, almost like the, the, the football club, exactly. Because I think they will probably take that 20 million that Newcastle would offer him. Because I, th- I don't think he's really going to want to be a, you know, just a bit part player. I think he, and I think, so the impact they had at Newcastle also make him, you know, want, uh, you know, a move away from Arsenal. You don't think he'll be able to uh, to squeeze his way into the side for the season? Do you think he's just not good enough to be cut, to cut out to, to, to play? Or do you think that he could give somebody a run for their money? Or do you think that, you know, it's better shipping him off and adding that to kind of sign another top quality player? No, I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. At the latter point, I think it's really, you know, take the cash rather and rather bolster it with, with, you know, with quality. Because it's only like you said earlier on at the start of the podcast, you, we at the stage where we need to start upping also the grade with sort of players we are bringing in. I mean, even though they're going to be in that, that, say, 22 or 20, 22, 23 age group, that is the sort of core you're going to have to let them build, you know, to get, build them up together. And I just think to myself, I think maybe Willock needs, you know, a Newcastle where he can be the main man and whatever. Whereas at Arsenal, he's almost like a small fish in a big pond. So he's almost like going to just, you know, be bounced around there and, and not be able to really, you know, play and, and prove himself there. I just, I just don't think Arteta's going to be someone that's going to, you know, wait around for that moment to happen. So, because I think he's in, in Arteta's mind, I think he's already made up his mind what sort of, players he wants and what sort of style he wants us to play for the coming season. Yeah, and and Shaka, you, you think you, since his Euro performance, do you think you would give him a season if nobody comes in or would you try to get him off the wage bill? No, I honestly do think that Arsenal will try to get him off the wage bill because especially when you see the sort of comments coming from almost like both parties going to the Euros. I mean, I think Shaka uh, was also kind of content with the exit, I think that's also been, you know, an understanding already between the club and the player where, you know, they want to not part ways or it's come to a point where they want to part ways. And the same with, with Hector Bellerin now because his agents also not coming to play now and they are not pushing for a move away. So I think that is, it should be also, it should be like some like 10 to 15 million coming into the club as well with regards to Bellerin. And I mean, we, we still have to still sort out that other like the other kind of problem with, with Torreira, who does not really want to play in Europe again. So they wow. find a, like, you know, find the sort of play that, because I mean, I, I don't know how long he's still going to, uh, you know, be in his, because after the Copa America, he then is not spending time with his, his father again, after his mother's passing. So I think he wants also, I think he also, you know, I just don't think, in mindset-wise, I don't think Europe is really a place for him to be right now. Oh, it's such a pity because I'm sure he could have added some sort of value in the team. But that being said, you know, Ateta just didn't seem to trust him. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, Aiden, he also complained a lot about 
like the London weather, the the, the food in like, there, and uh, he was also wasn't really, you know, content in 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 Spain. So he was a kind of pushing for a move to Italy, and in Italy also like I think his wages that he was on there, so that kind of you know keeping everybody like keeping him away, you know, almost like away from from him as a target. So. I mean, I honestly don't. I think we're gonna take a, like, especially with him. I think we're gonna have to take a massive, massive hit before somebody takes him. Because I think it's gonna come down to look. There are now funds and that's available with the club and that. But I just think people like Torreira and I mean, I wouldn't say Jaka, because look, I think we will rather dig our heels in with Jaka to get that full amount that was agreed upon. But I think you know people like 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 with Torreira and that. I think they would probably you know just let that thing go. Uh, also, also, if you look at, at Guendouzi, I think that's also just going to peter out into either that, uh, I think that loan to Marseille is also like a loan with an option to buy. And with Saliba, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, as much as I want to get a crack at the club, I mean, with, it already tells you the whole plan of, of Arteta and that we immediately is shipped off again to Marseille as well. So... I mean, there's, I don't know, uh, certain, certain aspects of the thinking of the club was weird because then I'm just thinking then why did you not blow that 27 million yeah. when everybody was there on Saliba then if it's going to play out like this? Because surely, I mean, uh, and I'm not just saying now, Emery, uh, Edu was also there roughly that time, so they should have also known what this player is capable of, what is his biggest flaw, and because, I mean, for me, it's the minute Arteta came in, uh, he was already almost like shut the door to him. And then, I mean, even with Emery, but I got a feeling it could be also Sal Nehi when he was there at the time that, that was pushing that move because I don't know if you remember, Emery just gave him, I think, like an early preseason thing and then we never saw him again. And the next we saw, he was again on loan until that point where Emery got sacked and then some loan players and came back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there must have been something because Emery does seem like a guy who gives players chances. I mean, you you saw how he gave Guendouzi's chance, he gave Saka, you know, regular football. So it's not a case of he doesn't, you know, place at the players. I think he, I, I think I could be mistaken, but compared to Arteta, you know, Emery didn't have favourites, you know, players that he would force into the team. Like if if Aubameyang, I mean, you saw Aubameyang came a few times off the bench. Same with Ozil. Same with so. You know, I think Arteta just needs to kind of, and so so I think Arteta needs to also sort out that thing with his favourites. But I think with the Saliba thing, if it's two coaches that doesn't really see a, a yeah. future with him, then you know it's it maybe could be time to to maybe part ways there. But I mean, you know, how much money are you truly going to get for a guy like him right now? So we move on now to this whole uh, London tournament that was a part of the preseason training. Um, Arsenal have two fixtures. Uh, the one is uh, on Sunday evening. Arsenal with Chelsea at the Emirates. Um, then I think, because I think all this money that, that's going to be, uh, you know, recouped from these two fixtures, two or three fixtures, are going to that uh, national health services then in the UK with regards to this, you know, over the period of the COVID. And, um, then we play next Saturday, like in like about a week's time. We play Tottenham at their stadium. And also, it should be a friendly, but I mean, we all know it's a uh, North London derby, so I doubt there's anything going to be about that. But I mean, it's, it should be a good training. I mean, the only thing I, I disliked with the whole setup of this little tournament, I wish it was done at, say, mid July or something like this. Yeah. We 
have your youngsters around the pool. Because if you think of it, between that, say the Chelsea game, when we play them something like what's it, three or four weeks down the line again. Yes, yes, I was, I was going to mention that actually. We played them quite shortly afterwards. So, in early September again, which is also in that uh, within like some like six or seven games we play Tottenham also. Maybe it's a bit nice uh, starter before we get to the main course, but uh, I do think it's good, good, good fixtures to to get um, started. But I mean, I think because of this rivalry between the guys, I mean, let's hope we don't pick up any unnecessary injuries before the campaign starts. Yeah, but I mean, like I think like with regards to Chelsea and yeah, Tottenham as well. I think most of their players that were at the Euros will only come back. I think this coming weekend, I believe, then, then they start coming in for their pre-season training. So I don't know if, if some of them will be almost like too short for, you know, playing now, the, like say the Arsenal game, whatever, will probably just get like a, a half run out. But I think like with Chelsea, they've been almost like really pushing most of the players that were unknown last season. They're pushing them there or those that were almost like just bench players last season, letting them get game time. But I mean, they're also missing a chunk of their players. But as you said uh, prior to this, uh, you know, with us not having many reps at the tournament, yeah. I mean, it's just something like, say, Saka we're waiting on and, you know, a handful of others. <laughs> I mean, nothing really to talk about. It's, it's, it's quite frustrating, um, like, with this number, our striker story. I know I touched on this in the beginning, but I know you also mentioned it that, uh, I don't know if the listeners heard it, they probably get, will rewind to, to the goal score that you mentioned. I don't think we mentioned the Bamiyang's name. You know how... how Top goal scorer, oh, top goal scorer, our leading man, the guy that's supposed to kind of carry us forward, our, our highest earning player, our captain, and it just seems that he's not there. I, I, I don't know how mm. and what that's what has transpired, but he just doesn't seem to be there as a player that we that we once knew that was carrying us season after season. I mean, can you imagine his goals now? That you know that twenty plus goals. With the likes of Pepe chipping in now, Saka chipping in, and you're kind of looking at the case of you're selling like I said, what happens if a Bamiang picks up an injury or a Bamiang is not finding the back of the net? What do you do? Do you keep on just playing a Bamiang, a Bamiang? At what point do you kind of look and say, you know, we, we need to go for, for a top striker in the market right now that will be able to kind of, you know, carry carry the torch if if we. That if, if a game is nil-nil and we can't seem to be breaking the deadlock, you know, we used to have the Thierry Henry, we used to have um, Robin Van Persie, um, we even had uh, Alexis Sanchez, who wasn't your n- typical number nine, but he could also fit in that position and bag goals. We're just not... My biggest fear this season is that we're not going to score freely because last season we kind of, you know, were very... Playing with a handbrake on, or or just a very difficult for us to find the back of the net. You know, will that change this season? Yeah, but I mean, you know, with regards to you know with the, with the front line guys, when I watch like watch Obama, he looks like I mean, look, he, he's like celebrating with his teammates. He looks you know happy, and but it looks like when you see him, there was one game, I think it's the Rangers one. He, I mean, within I think thirty minutes, he should have had a hat trick. In the second half, he missed almost like a point-blank header. The goalie was already beaten. And all he had to do was just nod the ball into the net. And he's standing at the far post and he nods the ball wide of it. And, I, you know, I couldn't believe it. And then also there was another chance that they gave him. 
I mean, they actually lay it on a plate for him, and all he has to do is just place the ball, and he decides to, you know, try one of those net busters, and the ball just zooms into the top. <laughs> I, you know, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the, saw the chances he was missing. And I think I messaged you this morning when you and I WhatsApp yeah. each other, and I said, you, you, you're having a situation now, like, as a coach, where you're not thinking, look, you want to try to get rid of, say, Nketiah and uh, Lacazette, and yet the two of them have been on fire at, like, this, of course, I mean, uh, look, I'm not, I'm not going to speak out my ass and just say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, they're the worldies and whatever, but I mean, it's, it's, you can see when somebody's already in that mindset that they, you know, really, like, roaring for the for the new season, and you just don't see that really without it, uh, with uh, Obama, because Lacazette is working hard. I mean, and I mean for me, the top players that I've been watching in the in the preseason stuff is Tavares. He looks hungry. Tierney has come in from a tournament. He cut his tournament even short, like a vacation. I mean, or post tournament. He's come in already. He looks on the money with crossing, playing, and whatever. He looks sharp. Pepe looks on fire at the moment. Um, Smith Rowe also. He comes on like you know they let him start some games. They let him come like. But he's already on the money with passing, with a you know back to goal interplay, you know stuff like Lokonga as well looks already sharp, and that party looks more confident now going forward. Uh, Marie, you know, Mister Cool as always, he's you know dealing with whatever and that. Um, Cedric looks also quite good. Uh, Callum Chambers has been used all over, like said the back uh, holding mid and that. And even like some that's also on the on the exit list or whatever for Arsenal, that's Maitland now. He's looked also sharp. I mean, of course, I think he's more playing for, you know, his ticket out of the club. And so with Reese Nelson as well, has also played okay when he's coming. Yeah, you know, you, I, I think you Maitland Niles and Reese Nelson, I think in order to compete, I mean, they are very good players, but you need that step, maybe a guys that's a step above them that, you know, will be able to take take the reins if they come into the starting lineup or whatever. Because, you know, Maitland-Niles, he doesn't want to play. He wants to play as a, you know, a defensive mid or a centre midfielder. And, and Arsenal, I think, is not going to get that role. And he, he does such a brilliant job out wide at times. But, you know, unfortunately, if a player wants to play in a position, you can't change his mind. Yeah. Because, I mean, how can I say? Look, he's had the chance, as, as you now mentioned. But I just think myself, like, he has a sort of ego to him where I think it was like, look, you got the chance. You can almost, like, nail down that right back spot for yourself. Yeah. With, you know, every now and then maybe playing as, a, like, say, a third-choice left back. But, I mean, you have that option then. But, I mean, through his stuff, like, you know, that stubbornness or whatever, I think Arsenal will now probably keep their eyes open for somebody that can go right back. And, I mean, from what I've read up so far, Ben White is even used as a right back as well when he can play. So, I mean... And, and, I'm just thinking to myself, and, and also one thing that I like it, I've also watched, I mean, it's just a little bit of, of topic, but when you watch also Ben White when he plays, he's that, that sort of that defenders like, you know, Thiago Silva in his prime, where he'll run with the ball, and if you see nobody's going to tackle him, then he's like, okay, then I'm going to start going further, then he starts carrying the ball further, and then you'll just see him like maybe just look, somebody just, you know, go into that, that hole that I've now left in defence, but then you'll just start venturing for because as I said, he's somebody, I mean, even if you watch the little clips on YouTube with him as well, he's very comfortable on the ball on either foot. 
And I mean, he's not somebody that was, will just hoof the ball at all times. He's somebody that will actually look for a sort of, uh, like a, a decent pass to play somebody in. No, definitely excited to, to, to have him in the, in the squad. I just feel that, you know, with, with regards to what's happening around us, I, I, I don't know if we have enough in the tank to kind of, you know, give that burst. To, to challenge the top four, the likes of the top four. No, but I, I, my take was just from, look, it leads us into the next topic, the talking yeah. points are going to go home straight now, the podcast. Um, like, for me, season targets, I think we should already target a bit small. I mean, maybe, like, keep an eye on the top four, yes. But I just think getting ourselves, edging us into that, that top six, number one, and then we, we take it from there because... I think if we're gonna try just going top four, then I mean, and it comes kind of crashing on us, then it's gonna be almost like you know, totally deflated season before the season even got, even got up in the So I think it's gonna come down to you know overcoming that sort of mindset, and then also thinking how we're gonna almost like you know maneuver through this, especially the first seven fixtures, which are gonna be quite tricky because as I said, we've got Brentford opening day, and I mean that crowd is gonna be probably in there as well. They're going to have that place rocking. We're going to probably have to almost like silence the crowd, your favorite line, where we're going to have to, not, you know, almost like suck up that pressure and then kind of sucker them in. Because, I mean, it's a Friday 13th fixture for the other superstitious oh, uh, people. And then, uh, then we've got, again, that the run where we have like, the, uh, like Chelsea and them, and, and I think Man City also, we got in that first uh, six or seven fi- fixtures also. So, you know, we're going to have that work cut out. How are we going to? Because, I mean, I just hope we're also in a situation. I don't mind others now clutching at straws and being desperate. But, I mean, I just hope most of the city big guns aren't back yet. So, <laughs> if they are back, they're not, you know, at full tilt, full speed yet. With, you know, with, with that, that that city machine starts, you know, steaming along and just steamrolling everybody in their way. I just hope we get them quite, you know, where they're not that on the, on fire yet. No, I I agree with you with, with that point definitely. I think we could could be in luck. I mean, we we we've said this before. Um, after the 2018 World Cup, we thought uh, Arsenal going to come back firing against the uh, Man City side, but they definitely took us to task. But I think we actually get City in the first three games, so we could be in luck with that. With, with Chelsea as well, but yeah, I mean, like sitting open here, and it's like opening the season with Brentford. Then we. Home to Chelsea, then we go away to Man City the 28th of August. 11th September, uh, we at home to Norwich, then we away again to Burnley, and seventh game, I believe, and it's like a uh, uh, North London derby at the Emirates. Um, what I wanted to say is also, you know, when, when you mentioned um, the ending fifth place or ending the top six, you know, when, you, when, when I thought about my ambitions for the season, you know, I thought top four, but I, I first thought top five, and I'm like, oh, are we really there? Where we, we would accept a place in the top five, yeah. the top six? <laughs> like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried by the fact that, you know, how long will Saka and Mills throw? You know, about me, I'm not so much worried about anymore if he should try to leave, but Mills throw, Saka, you know, the Tierney, even how long will these guys be happy with another season? In, in the Europa League and not playing in the top echelon of European football. Mm. Yeah, I fully agree. Then, I mean, like, with the take on the squad, 
Um, look, we now mentioned that uh, there's not going to be like any European football. So, you know, the squad has to also be a bit smaller because you look, you also want to give people game time and it's going to come now so minimal now because you've got not just the League Cup to really play your your backups and the like, FA Cup, which only starts in January. So you have to be almost like very cautious now. You're going to put your squad together. But I mean, the, the, the positive I see, I mean, as, as, I know some people would have wanted to be in Europe and that, but I mean, my personal take is, you know, now it comes to a spot where smaller squad is now no place to hide. Now you have to, you know, if you play poor, whatever, you are going to be exposed. And I mean, now with crowds coming back as well, you are going to be shown up in a stadium, whether you're home or away. If you're not, you know, carrying the weight or carrying the team as well or, or fighting with the team and that to, to get us going forward and that, you're going to be shown up. So, I mean, it's now down to the players also to self-reflect and, you know, show what they're worth now. They have to, they have to, because you know you don't, you don't want to cut your squad too short, or like you know too 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 thin, because you know if, if you get to any that the European spots, then so I think maybe a few loan moves out will be good for players that can maybe get experience. But my my biggest fear is that, like I said, Arsenal don't convert the chances. I think they defensively they they probably could be um, defensively sound, but I think. We just can't afford that 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 run we had where we couldn't seem to buy a win or even a draw. We were just losing on top of each other. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit nervous about that. But I think um, if we just you know play our cards right and allow the European football to take its toll on on the opposition, then you know who knows where we could be in. But I think you know a Europa League spot. Is kind of that uh, what that, that holy grail for us. I think would be a successful season. I don't expect us to win any silverware. I think you know Man City and the Carabao Cup or the EFL Cup has, has some certain romance there, and I, and I just think the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man United will all be gunning for maybe the FA Cup as well because I mean you know they're probably all hungry for silverware, and, and by the looks of it, if City do get Harry Kane and Possibly Jack Grealish. I think we're all in for, you know, hiding to nothing and having to chase the spots below first spot. I mean, yeah, yeah below first spot. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a real slog I mean, to, to get through because, but I just think to myself, you know, when you look at, at say, a team like like Leicester or Tottenham, that, that you know, they've, they've got a fantastic, say, first 11 or, or first 12. But then after that, you do see that, you know, they have to start dipping into the younger players or inexperienced players. And I just think to myself, that is where we should now be taking advantage when you know a team is going to be fully stretched, where they're having now the fixtures, you know, the the, the was it Thursday, Sunday fixture thing. And you're having that, old, you know, that, that, that fixtures, especially Europa League, where the games are just churning on, churning on. And I mean, if you got, if you got a, like a, not a small squad, but... You want a solid squad. You don't want to be playing your key players every time for like when you're sending, you're going halfway across Eastern Europe or whatever to play fixtures, and you know, have to pull a, you know some of your big guns to to sort uh, certain games out. So I think uh, it depends how like like these managers are also going to cope with you know managing the squads in especially these sort of European trips to you know Timbuktu type of thing. <laughs> and, and before like you said, I know we said we are now you know the home state now, James Madison. In at Arsenal, you want him in, or do you think he'll make an impact that we need, or do you think he's just going to be, you know, another just another guy in the team? 
I think people uh, get kind of, you know, when you look at, at medicine or you look at these numbers also, people think is this guy now going to, you know, since look, his goal scoring thing is not that good. And I mean, he's assist, he don't pile on that many assists that we say looking for. But his sort of bold up play gives that, that sort of opportunities where it gives, say, somebody like, it frees up, say, uh, Obama Young or it frees up uh, uh, Pepe or whatever to actually get that sort of chances to lay it up for somebody else or maybe score themselves or so. But he's like creativity. I mean, you saw that sort of link up play between him and Vardy. It's fantastic. But I just think, uh, like, you know, money wise, I think it's going to be. You know, very expensive. Because look, they talking Leicester are talking already of sixty million already for him. But I mean, we can say do something like say forty million and maybe offload because I think they are interested in somebody like Maitland Niles or the team they also had an eye on. I think well, I'm not sure if it was Reese Nelson as well or yeah something like that. And you could actually you know play like that around with things like to get you know the sort of deal over the line or even just like you know uh, also that was with. The roommate was floating about with Tammy Abram. I mean, I wouldn't say buying, but I mean, I would maybe bring him in as a, you know, a loanee. Like, you know, you're not going to really invest too much in him, just a loan fee. But maybe he can maybe chip in on goals and maybe show something that we've been kind of lacking. I'm not, look, I'm not really a, uh, you know, big fan of Tammy Abram, but I'm just thinking just to get some other sort of striking options because, I mean, sometimes it does get underwhelming when you watch Arsenal play and, and you see, Chances being laid up and the chances just getting, you know, fluffed the line, like a striker's fluffing the lines. I know a lot of people call him a tap-in merchant, but uh, he, he does seem to be right place, right time, and he does seem to be a bit of a nuisance, man. He, he, he kind of plays, you know, body on the line kind yeah. of player. So, not a, not a bad player to have in the squad if you can't find any other option. But, you know, that's that's obviously if you get ready, getting rid of Lacazette or, or Nketiah, yeah. but... You know, like you said, uh, a temporary basis. He could be, you know, a quick fix for a plan B, yeah. and especially with the with the squad that we have now, I think could could help the attacking options. I mean, one thing I can say, if we just say we can sell, like I said, for 10, 15 million or so, then I would actually get some someone try to get a, a front line forward. I mean, of course, I look, it's just a rumor or that's bouncing around, but you know that with the Lataro Martinez. Then you can actually, you know, plonk the money on, on a forward like that, that that you know has a sort of proven track record where he's played with it was Argentina or now in, in Italy. So maybe you go that route as well. So, but I, I just don't think you can maybe get in, say, Lataro Martinez and say somebody like Madison. I think you're going to have either, either or type of thing. I'll really, take Martinez. I, I know it's, it's probably just a rumor, but I think that Martinez guy could add that injection we need. You know, you could even drop him a bit deeper sometimes to kind of let the bombing, you know, venture forward. But I think Martinez will probably be my dream signing right now to, to get him at Arsenal. I mean, if whatever we need to pay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay. Yeah? I'll, I'll chip in what I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think he would be a good signing for Arsenal. I think he's, a, like you said, he isn't that mold. He's, what, 23 years old as well. Yeah. So... You know, you, you could build a team around him, but this you kind of need to maybe promise him, you know, you're going to pay him X now, and if he puts us into Europa League or Champions League, you give him, you know, another boost. And if you get him in the Champions League, you give him a massive salary to kind of, you know, just keep the guy to get him there. Because United have done it before where they've bought players 
that they've been out of Europe or in the Europa League spots. They've signed quality players. Chelsea have done it. So it's time for Arsenal to open up, open up the checkbooks and start attracting players. That's the only way out. We can do it. So with that, we're going to end the podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I mean, there's loads of friendlies around. You can take your pick. Uh, Enjoy, guys. Take care. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.